Hello, and welcome to this audio edition of Philip Husher's program notes for upcoming concerts by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. I'm Rich Caparella, and concerts by the CSO on Thursday, December 2nd through Saturday the 4th feature guest conductor Hanu Lintu and violin soloist Ray Chen. The program includes the world premiere of Serenades by Marcos Lindberg, Symphony Espanol by Eduard Laudo, and Brahms' Symphony No. 4. Here are Philip Huscher's program notes on Magnus Lindbergh's Serenades, a performance time of around 15 minutes. These are the world premiere performances. The orchestra is my favorite instrument, Magnus Lindbergh has said, and his catalog of works dating back to the late 1970s is indeed heavy on orchestral music. Lindbergh has even studied, his term, the orchestra by writing scores for its separate sections, beginning in 2000 with Grand Duo for Wind Orchestra and continuing with Ottoni, Italian for Brass Section, the piece he composed for the 12 members of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra Brass. Ottoni was premiered on the Music Now series at the Harris Theater in February 2005. In his writing for orchestra, Lindbergh has covered a lot of musical territory and a wide spectrum of creative ideas. He's composed concertos for piano, clarinet, violin, and cello. He's written many large-scale orchestral works that are indebted to various traditional forms, but in no way traditional themselves. Lindbergh himself admitted that aura dedicated to the memory of Witold Lulislawski, the esteemed Polish composer who died during its composition in 1994, could easily be called either a symphony or a concerto for orchestra. He composed a true concerto for orchestra in 2003. His sources for inspiration, the initial idea that generates a piece, are varied. Feria, premiered in 1997, quotes La Chate Mi Morire, Ariadna's lament from Monteverdi's 17th century opera, Lariana. Sculpture, 2005, was inspired by Frank Gehry's fluid design for the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles. Lindbergh credits the translucent fabrics of Ravel's Mother Goose and Schoenberg's Transfigured Night for string sextet with generating the small ensemble textures of Al Largo from 2010. Two Episodes was composed in 2016 as a concert opener for Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, scored for the same orchestra as Beethoven used without the harp, piano, and percussion that populate music written today. It nevertheless is clearly in Lindbergh's own language, but indebted to Beethoven's visionary work. It is the outcome of where he was going. Tangible ties to the past are part of Lindbergh's working vocabulary. If I was really pressed to choose just one composer from the classical canon, he has said, it would have to be Beethoven, because he stands out as an example of what it is to be a contemporary composer. For the 250th anniversary of Beethoven's birth in 2020, he composed Absence. Reading through the conversation books Beethoven kept as his hearing worsened, Lindbergh was struck at the range of subjects from the most mundane to the great philosophical matters. These sharp contrasts were how he lived, always able to change mood within a second, Lindbergh said. So from this, I was inspired to embrace contrast rather than avoid it with no fear of sharp cuts. Lindbergh studied at the Sibelius Academy in his native Finland and then worked privately with Gerard Grissin and Vinko Globacar in Paris, as well as took summer courses with Franco Donatoni in Siena and Brian Fenihoff in Darmstadt. 
With Esapekka Salonen, he founded Toymi, an ensemble dedicated to experimentation in composition. Lindbergh played piano and percussion, which became a laboratory for developing Lindbergh's ideas. In important scores, such as Kraft from 1985, a concerto for the members of Toymi and orchestra, Lindbergh combined conventional sound with electronic devices. But beginning with his pieces written in the 1990s, including Carente, which was performed on a Music Now concert in April 2003, Lindbergh grew less concerned with the use of electronics. In his more recent works, Lindbergh has developed his own voice responsive to experimentation and new ideas, fully attuned to the myriad developments of post-serial composition, but indebted to the music of the past. I still believe contemporary music can find a way to enjoy the same rhetorical excitement of language as that employed by the classical composers, he has said. Lindbergh was the featured composer at the 1995 Attleboro Festival, and in 1996 he was artistic director of the South Bank Center's Meltdown Festival. For three years, beginning in 2009, he was composer-in-residence with the New York Philharmonic. During that time, he wrote three works for the orchestra, including his piano concerto number two, 20 years after his first, which was premiered in May 2012 with Jeffing Bronfman as soloist. He was the London Philharmonic Orchestra's resident composer from 2014 until 2017. Lindbergh already had the sound of the Chicago Symphony in mind when he was commissioned to compose Serenades, the score that is finally being premiered this week, delayed by the pandemic. But first, he had to come to his own understanding of what a traditional serenade is and how he might apply his own language, action-packed and dynamic as it is, to the long history of gentler nocturnal pieces. As he explains, much of the music I write is often fast, and quite explosive. Slow music was never really my tonality, so to speak. So when I was asked to write a serenade, I began with a musical idea that deep down has a slow-moving feeling, but then takes off in many contrasting directions with big cuts and quick shifts. Even so, the music conveys a sort of nighttime quality. Ever since I wrote Ottoni for the Chicago Symphony's brass section in 2005, I have very much wanted to write music for this extraordinary orchestra again. With this commission before me, I knew I had to write more than just slow music. I wanted to write music that features the orchestra's shimmering virtuosity. So in the end, the serenade I composed is a wild one. Notes by Philip Huscher on Magnus Lindbergh's Serenade. And now on to Edouard Lalo's Symphonie Espagnole for violin and orchestra. The work lasts about 31 minutes. Bizet's Carmen is often thought to have ignited the French fascination with all things Spanish, but Edouard Lalo got there first. His Symphonie Espagnole, a Spanish symphony that's really more of a concerto, was premiered in Paris by the virtuoso Spanish violinist Pablo de Sarasate the month before Carmen opened at the Opera Comique. And although Carmen was not an immediate success, Bizet, who died shortly after the premiere, didn't live to see it achieve great popularity, the Symphonie Espagnole quickly became an international hit. It's still Lalo's best-known piece by a wide margin, just as Carmen eventually became Bizet's signature work. Although the surname Lalo is of Spanish origin, Lalo came by his French first name, not to mention his middle names, Victoire Antoine, naturally. His family had been settled in Flanders and in northern France since the 16th century. 
Edward was determined to study music early on, but his father, a highly decorated military man who had fought for Napoleon, balked at the idea of having his firstborn become a professional musician. At the age of 16, Edward left home for Paris where he studied violin and composition. He decided to stay in that great music capital, and for many years he made his living there, quietly teaching violin and playing chamber music with the Amingon Quartet, which he put together to promote the string quartets by Haydn, Mozart, and Beethoven. The quartet was sometimes joined by high-profile pianists such as Clara Schumann and Camille Saint-Saëns. Lalo did not attract attention as a composer for some time, largely because he favored the then unfashionable forms of chamber music. For a while, he gave up on composition altogether, but in 1866, he was then 43, he finally tried again with the opera Fiesque, which he entered in a competition sponsored by the Théâtre Lyrique. When his work failed to win, Lalo was so incensed that he published the score at his own expense. However, it was never performed. Then, in the 1870s, Lalo's fortunes turned after he met Sarasate and immediately set to work on a series of concerto-like pieces for him and other leading performers of the day. In 1874, Sarasate premiered Lalo's Violin Concerto, now forgotten, and that same year, Lalo composed the Symphony Espanol. Lalo was no doubt inspired to write Spanish music by Sarasate's colorful playing, so different in style from that of Josef Joachim, Germany's great master. Sarasate was both a virtuoso and a great stage presence. As Alberto Bachmann's classic Encyclopedia of the Violin concluded, no one else could combine grace, clean-cut brilliancy, and bewildering vitality in so remarkable a degree. Although Sarasate eventually premiered several major works, Bruch, Saint-Saëns, and Vorjac all dedicated pieces to him, Lalo's Spanish symphony is the one that best reflected his personality as well as the spirit of his native land. After writing a straightforward concerto for Sarasate, this time Lalo chose to compose something different, a five-movement symphony for violin and orchestra. It's a curious hybrid, neither concerto nor symphony, but as a character piece, it is unsurpassed. And as an orchestral evocation of Spain, it's the work that launched a celebrated series of French portraits of its neighboring country, including Chabrier's Espana and Ravel's Rhapsody Espanol. In the meantime, Lalo turned out to be geographically restless, turning his attention within the next five years to a Russian violin concerto and a Norwegian fantasy for violin and orchestra. And Sarasate, an off-hours composer, later wrote his own fantasy from Carmen. The first movement of the Sinfonia Espanol is the most assertively symphonic of the five, particularly in the way it develops most of its material from the opening fanfare. The beginning also introduces the rhythm of a duplet followed by a triplet, and this 2 plus 3, and sometimes 3 plus 2 pattern, lends a Spanish quality to the music. The violin enters in the fourth measure with the fanfare motto and is rarely silent after that. This is high-wire solo material, memorable not so much for its pyrotechnics as its genuine melodic invention and rhythmic flair. The second movement is a scherzo, colored by the same seguidilla dance rhythm that dominates Carmen's famous aria, and sung like a grand serenade with soaring violin lines over pizzicato strings and harp, like the sound of guitars in the night. 
The central intermezzo used to be routinely omitted. It was skipped at the Chicago Orchestra premiere in 1900, omitted inexplicably because it includes some of Lalo's most colorful, virtuosic, and decidedly Spanish music. Yehuda Menuhin apparently was the first violinist to restore it. The Andante is darkly seductive with a violin melody as natural and indelible as folk song. The finale is all bravura and local color. The atmospheric opening with its bell-like sonorities is especially striking. The pace slows midway for a hushed melody that Carmen could easily borrow before the final fireworks. Program notes by Philip Husher on Symphonie Espagnole by Edouard Lalo. I'm Rich Caparella. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.